Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Dear friends, it is that season once again, isn't it? A season that brings some nostalgia, a season where we uh, travel back in time in our memories to those wonderful Christmases that we've all enjoyed. And maybe even there's a, a special one that you hold within your heart, something that very memorable happened, uh, perhaps on that particular Christmas, whatever the event might have been. I know in, in my personal family, there was a, a very special Christmas where my uncle Daniel was able to come home from Vietnam so he could enjoy Christmas with the family. And maybe for some of you, you have similar memories. You have something that you hold that you treasure within your heart. And that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Is that we have that hope. Is that we have something good that we're looking forward to. Is that there is really that sense that we have more peace or we have more joy or there are things that we are extra grateful for. We begin to maybe slow down from the speed of life. We may begin even to forget what's happened in the last six months or the last year. And we say, you know, Jesus is coming back, isn't he? Kind of through that cycle of the seasons, we have that wonderful joy. The little innocent baby is coming. We get to look forward to that. We get to begin to see things new through our, our children's eyes, through our, our grandchildren's eyes once again. That, that kind of wonder. And it, it revives our souls, doesn't it? We have that special privilege once again. So we began to work through the, the Advent season as we began to prepare for those Christmas services. As no doubt, maybe you were online on you know Friday, so you could buy some presents, get a kind of advanced jump on things, right? All of that begins to come back to us. As long as we remember the foundation, right? Because maybe you've had Christmases as well that, that, that weren't so perfect, that, that weren't so great. Maybe you yourself remember putting a lot of thought into the, the presents and they were all torn open in five minutes and, and some of the, the things that you had bought that you thought were special were just kind of put on shelves and, and you wondered if they would kind of be relegated to the guest room after you left that year it was all just about the presence or it was all you know even just about getting the family together right because that that can you know end badly too can it you, you were looking forward to an event you you were looking forward to being with family members and and, and then someone came in and you know they, they were drunk or they cursed or they they swore they, they just said something mean to you and you say, oh man, that was like the worst Christmas. I remember. 
you know, so-and-so did such-and-such, and such, oh, man, that Christmas. See? If we make Christmas just about the gifts, if we make Christmas just about the family gathering together, you know, uh, people are human. They, they can fail you. People can commit sin. Things can fall apart. But if we always remember why we're coming together once more, it's because of Jesus, isn't it? It's because God so loved the world that he sent his only son. He sent him as a tiny little baby. It's hard to imagine, you know, being angry about a little baby, isn't it? I know sometimes people can be. But you know what? You, you see a mother you know, holding the, the little baby in, in the grocery store and, and you just kind of automatically think, oh, how sweet, or oh, you know, how wonderful. Maybe you, you go up to her and you, you ask about the little baby, you know, when was it born? Um, you know, you begin to have those feelings of, of being connected. The little babies are around. And God sent his son in the form of that tiny little baby born into this world, helpless, just as you and I are. Now, certainly under the care of wonderful parents. Now, certainly God is looking out for, for his child. You know, he picks, you know, Mary to be the mother. He, he picks Joseph, a righteous man of his generation, to be the stepfather of the child. You know, certainly he has everything in mind. And yet, Jesus, helpless. I don't know if you've really thought about that, but the, the Gospel of John tells us, through Jesus all things were made. That means at the point of creation, God spoke the word. Jesus made the thing. Through him all things were made. Made. That one that made the entire universe and everything in it, now a helpless little baby. He can't, can't feed himself. He depends on a mom, mom and dad to hold him, to keep him warm. Jesus humbled himself. He took on the form of a servant, the Bible tells us. He became that tiny little child so he could experience all things just as we do. So he could understand us fully. Now we have wonderful examples from history of, you know, maybe owners of slaves that, you know, became enlightened. They came to understand that slavery was wrong. They, they released their slaves. How often in history would you find a slave owner that became a slave so he could experience everything his slaves had been through? You know, really, dear friends, when you're, you're at the, the height of your spiritual power, would you go and, and become a slave 
So you could experience what, what slavery is like. So you could experience what, what it's like to go through you know, that, that kind of experience. So you could better identify and understand uh, everything that has happened. How should I? No, that, that's not, not it, right? I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't want to go through that. And yet, dear friends, that is exactly what Jesus did for us. And even beyond that example that I set this morning, Jesus came into this world, born as a tiny baby, born helpless, having to to go through those infant years and and go through childhood, having to experience what it is to, to be powerless in society, Having to, you know, even as that young man going to the temple, being able to impress the the other scholars there in Jerusalem, where I said, wow, look at this young prodigy still. Right there's mom and dad saying, how could you? We've been looking for you for three days. Why have you done this to us? See, even from his own parents, as nearly perfect as they were, Jesus had to experience all things as we do. To be rebuked for going to his father's house. Jesus loved us so much, though, that he went through those kinds of of difficulties And finally, of course, as you know, he went to the cross, didn't he? One of the most horrific deaths imaginable. Suffering incredible torture and physical pain through that entire process. But not only that, he had to also have the ridicule. He had to also experience an abandonment of all of the people that he had loved, all the people he had healed through his lifetime, all the people that he cared for, leaving him to die. Finally, we know that he calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And maybe it's so very difficult for us to imagine, but Jesus at that moment, he experienced what it is like to be separated from God. Now, you, you and I, we, we go through times like that, maybe, maybe all the time. Huh? You've probably been there. Events kind of collide in our lives and they can leave you feeling um, you know, depressed. They can leave you feeling as if a blackness has descended upon you. I, I recall you know, one of my uncles dying under horrific circumstances and I, I just couldn't get my mind around it at the time. And when I, I heard the, the news, it, it didn't even register in my mind. And I, I can remember then we had a kind of nightmarish drive a, a, across the, the country. And I just had this 
feeling of a blackness. The difference, if you've been there, you kind of understand that is what Jesus, our Savior, experienced on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew everything that we know. He went through everything just as we do. And yet, he remained without sin. And yet, he never failed. He never faltered. Jesus, our Savior, he opened the way to heaven for each and every one of us. He knew that these experiences he went through, that, that they would be terrible, that they would be hard. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, he cries out and he says, Lord, if it be possible, take this from me. Lord, I, I don't know if I, I really want to go through the, the deepest, darkest things that people have to experience. Three times our Lord prayed, but yet he also prayed, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. See, he never sinned. And he didn't falter. And he took up his cross even, and he carried it up the hill. He was crucified by cruel and, yes, maybe even evil individuals. And as they nailed him to that tree, he cried out and he said, curse, swear, profanity. That's what we might expect. No, he cried out and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Dear friends, that's our Lord. That's who is coming. That's who we're looking forward to. That is the reason of this Christmas season, isn't it? That God loved us so much, he would put his boy through that for us. That Jesus loved us so much that he would take upon himself that pain and that humiliation, that helplessness, that he would experience all things as we do and still triumph, still open the way to heaven, still make a home for us. So as you may begin to make your preparations once more, as you're out there shopping for the perfect gift, as you're planning the seating arrangement for your Christmas dinner, Always come back to that. Jesus is the center. He's the reason for our happiness, for our joy, for our love that we feel, especially during Christmas. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.